Today on Locked On Canadians, is Michael Pizzetta the answer? We're going to talk about the win and we're going to talk about the injuries. We're also going to talk about how the Canadians could maybe build on this victory against possibly better teams. And that's all coming up in just one moment on Locked On Canadians. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to episode 481. We are about to recap a win, a rare occasion in Montreal these days. And to do that, my name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm one of your hosts. And your other host is Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. And Scott, is Michael Pozzetta the answer to the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, uh, apparently he is. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what to do with my hands in this current situation. It is it is mind blowing how good Michael Pizzetta was tonight. He led the team in Corsi four percentage at five on five. Had an expected goals percentage of ninety. He was <laughs> he was legitimately great in this game. And I know Detroit's missing some people and everything, but. Michael Pozzetta, one, didn't do anything suspendable, played good, hard forechecking hockey. I, I know Detroit was shorthanded, but he was good. I, I, I have to eat my words in that, okay, he's good. He was good. I do not know if this is a long-term thing because against the Islanders, the Islanders are not the Detroit Red Wings. The Islanders are a nuisance. But I got to be honest, him coming out and having a strong first game, it endears him to the fan base immediately. I agree with that. But also here's the thing is that we talk all the time, especially this season, we talk about how the Canadians need to be aggressive. They need to play with energy. They need to forecheck. They need to be daring, I think, to be to to, to do things that aren't playing the safe way. And that that to me, as soon as I saw during the anthems, I was watching, you know, they, they the camera pans over the players. I saw Michael Pizzetta. I made a joke out of it. I was like, this man, this guy's here to either win a game or kill a man <laughs> and which is to be determined. And I was joking, but he had that look in the, in his eyes, he was determined, but everybody on the team played differently tonight. I wonder if they got shaken up by the fact that Cole Caulfield was sent down. That's definitely a sign, a message. When you call up an energy type guy, that's also another message. They are all frustrated with the way that they played in Los Angeles and in Anaheim. I think that, you know, to a man, they all talked about how they needed to be better, but you saw that on the ice, you saw them dominating. And again, we are talking about Detroit here. They're without Dylan Larkin. They're without, uh, what's his face? Which Bertuzzi is it? Tyler Bertuzzi, is it? It is Tyler uh, Bertuzzi, yes, Tyler the one who refuses Bertuzzi. to get vaccinated. Yes, <laughs> I just know it's like all the all the Bertuzzi's are. There's some stuff going on there that we don't agree with, but uh, he he you know he took himself out of the lineup. And Dylan Larkin has uh, it says personal issues, personal uh, reasons. He 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 didn't play tonight. And those two are the right now the meat of what Detroit is. And without them in the lineup, obviously, uh, Nadelkovich played really well. I think he's a fantastic goaltender. I cannot believe that Carolina gave up on him, traded him over to Detroit. But 
the Canadians, they were on, they were on their game tonight and Detroit did not have an answer. And the thing is, if you look at this game, like these things, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, the way that the Canadians played is like, you can replicate that. This isn't one of those one-off things, but the problem is what the Canadians need to do is they need to find a way to replicate that. So I just want to shout out a couple of players real quick. Uh, obviously, Jake Allen with the shutout. Uh, he didn't have too much work in front of him, but it's nice to see a guy who has been left out, hung out to dry a lot, uh, get a shutout. You know, he was <laughs> he he won two games in October, and he was the the team's Molson uh, Molson Cup of the Month winner. That's something that you know, like it it, it was a little bit kind of you know a message i guess that one of the one of the elements of this team is working and everyone else has to catch up but at the same time brennan gallagher had a good game nick suzuki had a good game josh anderson had a phenomenal game the defense was not egregiously bad this time there were <laughs> there the penalty kill worked in this game there were a lot of things that were positive in this game i was watch i was looking at the expected goals for i was watching uh on uh, natural stat trick if you look at the heat maps where the Canadians took their shots from. Uh, that's also very, very, very important. They are getting in the uh, opposing goaltenders area. Um, they are getting past the defense. And again, we keep saying Detroit, 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 but there is no reason why the Canadians can't try like this against better teams. You're not going to necessarily get the same results, but at least you're not going to be hopeless and hapless. And that's what we want to see. I think the Canadians put together a complete effort tonight, I also think that the, 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 there was a determination there. And I do wonder, because we have a very interesting uh, guest coming up tomorrow for tomorrow. Normally we talk to him about prospects, but he wrote an article for Daily Faceoff. Chris Peters wrote an article for Daily Faceoff about the coaching staff or the, the Canadians sending Cole Caulfield down and whether or not is it's as, it's as uh, bad or, or unexpected or inexplainable, inexplicable idea as we thought it was. Uh, and some really interesting points were made in that piece. So we're having Chris Peters on tomorrow. We're going to talk to him about the article and what's, what's really going on with Cole Caulfield, because as the prospect expert, he's been watching him for years. Uh, and now he watched, you know, he, what he did was he pulled up game game tape from this season to see how Cole Caulfield field was doing and contextualize it so he's going to do that on on uh, on tomorrow's episode and that's going to be really fun but in the meantime i wonder if there's something there's something to be said with the there are a couple of little changes that were made in the between the pregame warm-ups and the actual start of the game and even with jonathan drum missing for most of the game the Habs were able to play well we're not going to discount the Detroit effort, but in the meantime, there are some significant injuries that they're going to need to deal with. And we're going to continue to talk about how the Canadians can build on this game in the third segment, but let's get to the injuries. And that's coming up in just one moment. In case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, our point-of-sale app, and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. 
Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It allows you to gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL. If you've listened to the show at all, you'll know we are great fans of Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, and it's got a great texture. It's nothing like those grainy, sandy-tasting protein bars that you're used to, and it, it doesn't have that weird whey protein aftertaste that you normally get. It is literally a candy bar. It, tr- it tastes like a treat. They're all high in protein. They're low in sugar. And they're made with real chocolate. They'll fit into your day really, really easy, easily. They've got 18 delicious flavors and you can use them as an on-the-go breakfast like I do, as a mid-afternoon pick-me-up, pick you know, that 3 p.m. sort of crash that you get. You could try a Built Bar or you could use them before or after workouts. And just remember, there's 18 delicious flavors and all through this month, there's going to be special edition flavors dropping all the time. It's Thanksgiving time and we give thanks to Built Bar. If you want to try Built Bar, you can go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com and the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. This is Locked On Canadians, and right now it seems to be Locked On Injuries. Isn't that right, Scott? Yeah, it's... I, I don't know how a team, when they finally get something going for them, immediately has them have it blow up in their face. And thankfully, uh, the big news from tonight is that Jonathan Drouin is okay after taking that shot to the head. He was taken to hospital for... I don't know if it was scans or x-rays or what, but Josh Anderson mentioned he saw Duran after the game. He looks fine. It must have just been a precaution, a stinger, something. I am grateful that he is okay. Uh, Brendan Gallagher got pretty beat up again tonight, and I worry about his overall health. But all things considered, with how scary the there was in that first, second period where these guys are real kind of bumped and bruised up there and missing from the bench you kind of worry a little bit and thankfully uh it appears neither much worse for wear than when the game started anyways there's one thing that we do need to mention before we forget or before we go on too long uh according to dominique ducharme carrie price is close to a return And what that means is they don't expect, remember we talked about when he joined the NHL player assistance program, it was a minimum of 30 days. So 
What that seems to mean is that that 30 days is not getting extended. Um, and then we did talk about how when he came, it would be early November. When he came back, it would be early November. Uh, and uh, that's what it's kind of shaping up to be. He would have been likely to have missed 13 games total. We are now on game 11, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So he will return some point soon, according to obviously the head coach, Dominique Ducharme, uh, it's probably going to take him a couple of practices and days to get back into, uh, into playing shape. Uh, he might not play right away. If we know the Canadians are going to try and get him to play ASAP, uh, and it's going to derail our dreams of getting Shane Wright. Uh, but at the same time, that's really good news that he's doing seemingly better from if, if, if it is in fact true that he's going to be back. It is, it, it, it's going to be good. Um, and, and I think that that that's going to provide a boost to the team because there's also a little bit of uh, leadership, quiet leadership that he brings to the team. He brings a seriousness and calmness to the team. And I bet you anything, Jake Allen is going to be really grateful to not be pelted with shots uh, one, a couple of nights uh, from now or a few games from now. What do you think, Scott? I, I think the Carey Price thing is interesting because we've talked about the whole goalie situation. And right now in the ECHL, they have Kevin Poulin and Philippe DeRosier. Um, the Jets called up their goalie and DeRosier is their, is their uh, property. So he will probably go up to their AHL team, leaving the Canadians with an empty ECHL spot. If Price is coming back, we can assume safely they're going to waive Samuel Montembeau to the AHL and then it becomes you have three goalies too many cooks in the kitchen what do you do there and as we've said before on this podcast we hope it's not send Michael McNiven to the ECHL but the biggest thing is I think this gives the Canadians a bit of their swagger back it's and all due respect to Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau, but Carey Price carries a different level of clout with him when he steps on the ice staring down opposing teams there is a mental mind trick that he can do when he is in there even when he's not at his best people talk about how intimidating it is to face down Carey Price and I think his presence back in that room will help get the Canadians where they need to be as we've seen Jonathan Drouin taking time for his mental health it wasn't with player assistance but had such a huge impact on his game and with Carey Price who puts so much pressure on himself if he's good to go and I have no reason to believe he wouldn't be whenever he comes back that's a scary thing for the Canadians here it's early in the season and it's early enough that they can get things turned around I don't think Price will play in the NHL right away I think they will give him a conditioning game or two with the rocket like they did last year even if he doesn't play all of those games entirely, I think he'll do that and then they'll figure it out from there. His return is only a good thing for the Canadians because Jake Allen's been great when called upon so far this season and getting Carey Price back with this team is only going to help further that. It's going to give them some confidence, give them some swagger back on the ice there and we should hopefully see you know some improved results out of that. Absolutely. And while this team is currently dealing with a lot of injuries and absences, 
Uh, you were just talking about swagger. And I think swagger is a great way to transition into our next segment because we're going to talk about how the Canadians can build on what they did against Detroit instead of squandering the opportunity like they did the last time they spanked Detroit out of the building. Uh, and that's going to be in just one moment. But first, we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football and hockey action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. That's right. If you sign up today and make a deposit and use our promo code locked on, you get a 50% welcome bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So we were just talking about swagger, and here's the thing that's happened. Nick Suzuki has a swagger back, and he had a goal. He had two assists. He was 68% on the faceoff dot, which generally you do not hear that about Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki is on his game and they were able to translate it into a win. If you see that Nick Suzuki every night, this team is going to be okay. He has not been playing well. In fact, against, I believe it was Anaheim, he had a terrible game and then he owned it later. He said, this was probably, you know, not one of my best games or one of my worst games or something like that. He was really unhappy with his game. And all he had to do was talk to a coach, go through some video and turn it all around. I'm so impressed with Nick Suzuki in tonight's game. And this is the, this is a guy that we can expect to see play this way, whether or not you're playing Detroit, he played this way against much better teams in the playoffs last year. He's capable of playing like this all the time. And if he has a swagger back, that's great news for the Montreal Canadiens. I just, you know, we talk about Nick Suzuki. We love praising him. You know that he's one of our favorites. And right now I'm so he's what he's just one of all the people I'm happy with tonight. So Scott, I'll allow you some Nick, Nick Suzuki praise before I move on to all the other people I want to talk about, because I know you would not forgive me if I let this go by without Nick Suzuki praise. Well, and that's the thing is I'm actually writing an article for Eyes on the Prize about Nick Suzuki in the game tonight because it's the first time in a while we've seen the old Nick Suzuki. His first goal was him just being skillful and agile through the offensive zone. His pass to set up Anderson's, I don't want to say breakaway, but kind of breakaway goal was perfect. Then he had a big shot block that set up the empty netter. It was a great game from him tonight. And I want to give a little bit of a special shout out here. Um, not my player of the game, but potentially the most unheralded player. Uh, Brett Kulak led the Canadians at five on five in ice time. And I thought he was fantastic tonight. I thought he was very calm and encouraging. I think his partnership with David Savard, who was also very good tonight, is paying off in a big way. The Canadians found something there that's working. And then you can put Joel Edmondson and Jeff Petrie together because you know that works when Joel Edmondson is back. And then you figure out the Ben Sherratt thing later. Because right now you have... (laughs) 
and I know that's asking a lot. So like just the way you you just the way you said that, and then you figure out the bencher later. I mean, you 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 yeet him into the sun or something. I don't know. Like do do no, things do, that don't allow don't. him to turn over the puck in our defensive zone. That's all I'm asking. You know, you could just like not play him as much. That could be a solution. Absolutely not. That's that is not an option. Have did you see the playoffs? Even when he was bad, he plays 47 million minutes a night because God forbid you trust somebody else. But <laughs> I I think we're starting to see some of these things kind of gel together. And I know that I am setting myself up to be embarrassed on Thursday because the Canadians have done this twice already this season. But keep Kulak and Savard together. Reunite Edmonton and Petrie when they're there. Jeff Petrie played well, even with Ben Sherratt as his partner. But we'll deal with one thing at a time as we go through everything. <laughs> so for right now, the defense was solid. It went ahead to be. They only allowed 22 shots. They Canadians dominated possession, dominated shots. Not really a whole lot to nitpick and be upset about. I mean, the power play wasn't perfect, but they had their cross ice feeds, which is what I wanted more of. So they're at least trying. This is the first game that I've seen them try that aggressive, risky offense. And it worked. Try that more, guys. You might find some success there. <laughs> and then deal with the venture up problem later. No, uh, I a couple of things that I also wanted to mention. I mentioned the heat maps, the Canadians, uh, where their shots came from. Didn't mention Detroit's. When you look at the heat maps, a lot of the Detroit shots were from the perimeter. The Canadians did not allow them much space. Uh, you know, any team didn't have to be Detroit with, you know, missing two of their best players. Um, any any team would have had trouble uh, scoring from those areas because the Canadians were doing a really good job of not allowing the puck get get not allowing the puck to get into those spaces. And so that's one of the things that I wanted to praise. I also wanted to talk real quick about, this is an amazing, but the transition game from this, from, from tonight was much better than we've seen all season, literally all season. Uh, and that is something that they need to build upon. It's definitely something that they've shown is possible. Now they need to replicate it against better teams uh, teams that are more prepared and teams that have fewer younger players that are prone to mistakes. I think that's also key with Detroit is they have so many young players now that are going to be the team's future, right? It's, it's exciting, but right now they, they don't have the experience to contend with being dominated as much. I don't think. Uh, and so there's that there's also Brendan Gallagher played, I think his best game of the year so far. I don't know what the issues were with him in prior games, it was possible that he was missing his line mates. Uh, he was trying to find some chemistry with his new center. He was, uh, you know, he used to be on the first line and then he was moved down to the third line. And then I guess the second line or whatever you want to call it, there was a lot that was going on that he needed to adjust, but then he brought it, he really brought it in tonight's game and that showed, and he's along with Nick Suzuki, they're the types of players where if they have a good game, the whole team can have a good game. But if they have a bad game, it's over. Like a Markov type player. Like a, even Jeff Petrie's kind of like that. He has a bad game, it's over, you know? So I think that those 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 things are pretty key. I was very, very happy with Brendan Gallagher. Uh, I also was very, very happy with Josh Anderson. We talked in the last episode, even, even when the Canadians are losing, he's so fun to watch. Watching him skate around the ice, watching him score goals. He's just a hilarious guy to watch. Like he, it's so fun. And and that's the thing is that, you know, there was a lot of debate last year because he went quiet for a while. He wasn't scoring all that much. And people are like, oh, he only has one move. 
But I don't think that's true. I think this year, especially having played with Jonathan Drouin and potentially because he was also practicing and training with Jonathan Drouin before the season started, like he's got some more creativity to his game this year than I'm finding. So he's using his speed and he's trying new things and that's resulting in some really good things. And, you know, we were talking about how uh, Michael Pizzetta showed up and it looks like he was ready to kill a man or win a game. Sometimes Josh Anderson looks like that too. And I really, really like when he plays with that intensity. I also, obviously, we talked about Nick Suzuki. The one, the one thing that I forgot to say when we were praising him earlier this segment is that two of his assets are his chill and his intensity. I, yes, chill is a hockey stat now. There's going to be advanced analytics on this, believe me. But his chill and his intensity are two things that make Nick Suzuki what he is. And he lost both when he lost his confidence. There was the pressure of the contract. There was the fact that the entire team was floundering. There was the fact that, you know, things were going wrong. And I think they were expecting after the really successful postseason that they had, they were going to able to come back even, even with less of the players and be able to replicate some of that underdog beating the teams ahead of them kind of status. And that didn't happen. So I really do think that there were a lot of things on his mind and that now, like, I think he's, he's gotten back to his game. I hope he can keep that up because if he can keep this up and if Brendan Gallagher can keep this up and if Josh Anderson can keep this up and if Jake Evans can continue what he's been doing literally every night, then all you need is a garbage goal or two from Yoel Armia once in a while. And the top six, the top nine is sorry. The top nine is back to where you want it to be. And and that's exactly it. And I know we talked about Suzuki at the top of this. I also want to give a shout out that it's like he did all this without Jonathan Drouin in the game. Drouin only played a couple of minutes in the first period before he went off after they scored. So Suzuki was probably getting more shifts. You had Alex Belzeal taking some shifts. You have Christian Dvorak taking a lot of shifts. And they were able to do that. And it's the kind of game that you want from a player like that. And Eric Engels pointed out correctly that... uh, Jonathan Drouin, or Jonathan Drouin, Nick Suzuki's now up to eight points in 11 games, which is about a 60-point pace over 82 games. I don't think anyone would be upset with that at all right now. It's It was a really good night for a lot of players, and now we say this so often, build on this for your next game. It's not going to be an easy uh, an easy test. No, no game is easy, really. But now you make this count basically continue and keep this momentum rolling it sounds like they should be good to go on players like um who left the game or banged up a little bit and then we'll see just what's ahead of them on thursday exactly and another team that kind of had a shaky start but we know is good uh are the new york islanders they're going to be in town the canadians usually do well against them Uh, but this iteration of the Canadians is completely unpredictable. What I would like to see against the Islanders is more solid play. I don't expect to win, but I do expect them to try to be aggressive because you know what the Islanders are going to do. They're going to play a defensive game. They're going to be perfect defensively. And what's going to happen is the Canadians are going to need to get aggressive. They're going to need to push. They're going to need to forecheck. If I see that, even if they lose, this is like, I'm going to keep saying this all season long. If I see good play, even if they lose, it'll be okay. No, I really do think that the Canadians can get it together. Still, they, they can get it together against better teams in Detroit. There really has to be some, the way that they have to play has to be with energy, with aggressiveness. I said this literally, I was listening to, um, 
an episode from, I think it was early October it was after, I think they had, they lost three games in a row at that point. It was, it was early in the season. I said the fundamental change that the Canadians need to do is become more aggressive. And they did that against Detroit and the team, the, the games that they're losing, they're not being aggressive. So if they can be aggressive against more teams, they'll put together more wins and then we can kiss Shane Wright goodbye and be sad. Uh, but also be happy because they're winning games. And with that, don't forget that tomorrow we have Chris Peters talking about why Cole Caulfield was sent down and why Laval will be good for him. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find Scott at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. Do not forget to tell your friends if you like this podcast. And also don't forget to make your second listen of the day Locked on fantasy hockey with Scott Cullen, the best in the business. We'll talk to you tomorrow.